Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I know it's becoming increasingly more difficult in 2021 to know what's real from what's fake, what's a fact to what's a fallacy. Living in reality can be difficult, but sometimes you just need to use common sense and understand what you actually are. Tina, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Miami Hurricanes fans, we need to talk about what you are and what you aren't. Okay, we just need to live in reality. That is the laugh of Pierre Garçon, who is back. Finally, Pierre Garçon is back here on ESPN 106.3, former Indianapolis Colt, former Washington football team, the pride of John I. Leonard High School, (laughs) the legend of Mount Union here with us on ESPN 106.3. Good to see you back, man. Thank you. Happy to be back. It has been a long time. Man, it is good to have Pierre back. Uh, Tina Costanza, Tina home team, uh, she's running things again today. She got a double double dip with me yesterday, uh, noon and 3 o'clock, and she survived to tell the tale. Yes, I did. Wow. Two hours yesterday, an hour today, oh, and I'm back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm. This is a lot with you, Ken. I know. I know. And uh, you should you should feel very fortunate you get oh, to spend yeah. that time oh, with yeah. me. <laughs> We're in the Andrew John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, off of the cool yet sunny Intracoastal. Blake James Pierre, the athletic director of Miami, is out. Yeah, fired. And it's funny. We say parted ways. That's that. That's our polite way of saying fired. Right. He's done. Right. He's out. Uh, so we know what that means now. And it goes back to what we had been discussing in the offseason. It goes back to even back in December, uh, back in, in September. Why did he get fired? Uh, because they're bad. Because Miami is just flat out bad. In fact, wow. let me tell you, they're two biggest <laughs> sports, okay? Let me just give you a little bit of insight into how bad it's actually been mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for Miami. Miami. Chris Falica, otherwise known as Bear, College Game Day, ESPN, he tweeted the following. Miami since 2018-2019, football, 26-21, 7th in the ACC, zero bowl wins. That's since 2018-2019. The great Miami... With a 55% winning percentage. Yeah, it's above 50. That's not Miami standards. <laughs> it's not. So, how do you fix this problem? Yeah, and, that is, <laughs> and that is the inherent question. And it's going to start likely with Manny Diaz at the end of the season being let go by an interim AD. And Pierre, this was Paul Feinbaum of ESPN back in September. This was actually the 19th of September. This was Paul Feinbaum Speaking about Manny Diaz and whether or not this marriage was going to last between him and the Miami football program. I have always liked Manny Diaz. I mean, you have to start objectively thinking about this. He, he's not going to be able to get it done there. I mean, it, it, it almost seems like a lost cause. And, and that's sad. You know, he brought a lot to the program, and, and it seemed like they were trending in the right direction. But you start losing games like that one yesterday – and you wonder and worry about the path. He was speaking that one 
against Michigan State. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, that was <laughs> ugly. But was then ugly. the Canes rallied, and mm-hmm. they were playing bad football, and they had three weeks with a freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, that they, they rallied, and they looked like they wanted to play for Manny Diaz. And then that other game, Saturday, Florida State, happened yeah. with the bad clock management, uh, with Manny Diaz's team completely undisciplined. And the end is here. Manny Diaz is not going to survive. And what schools do and how you know it's serious is they they fire the person that was in charge of the hiring. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you could say I want Manny Diaz gone first, but the fact that that Blake James is gone means that Manny is Next. is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Paul Feinbaum. I like Manny Diaz. He is an upstanding person. I think he's a good coach, but he wasn't cut out for this job. And it's shown that he's not cut out for this job. Oof. Nowadays, it's it's hard to know who's cut out yeah, for University of Miami. Ab- absolutely, and that's the thing. That it, no, Randy Shannon wasn't cut out to be the head coach of the University of Miami. <laughs> What's going on down in Miami? I know. Al Golden wasn't cut out. Is it the location? Out. I, well, the, the location would suggest that it's all good. What I think has happened, though, mm-hmm. is college football has passed Miami by. In college football, in yes. and you have an interesting perspective because you play D three, yeah, uh, at one of the most successful D three schools in the mm-hmm. history of college football, though at Mount Union. But yes. at the FBS level, it's about what are your facilities, how much are you willing to pay, and how hardcore can you get out there and sell your school. And Miami struggles and has struggled with all of this. That's that's tough to believe. Um, I guess they haven't kept up with modern times. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Let me tell you why. So Hard Rock Stadium is awesome. It is. Mm -hmm. It's a great stadium. It's a great NFL stadium. It is also 40 minutes from Miami's campus. That is a really hard sell to a recruit and to bring someone into that football program when you're playing at a venue that's 40 minutes away from your campus. Uh, I... As a personal football player, wouldn't care where the stadium at. I'm happy to go into an NFL stadium every Saturday, you know, sure. to play a game. But or Saturday you night. also probably would appreciate campus on a game day and how it feels because that campus is not anything on a game day because you're getting on a bus or driving a car to get to the stadium. Speaking of the modern day, are they on campus now? <laughs> yeah. But I understand campus stadium but when you're at a big school like that you gotta expect you know your stadium to be at you know like a bigger place because i don't know like alabama where their stadium is at but i don't think it's on campus it's on I, campus it is I, on campus in tuscaloosa yeah it, it's right there in the center i think of the campus. whole state of alabama is the campus yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> there's a there's a deep-seated love for that school um but auburn is that on Auburn's campus on campus lsu is on, LSU's campus, on campus. campus yep they're all it's th- miami though you know <laughs> That is true, <laughs> but Miami also for USC is it on campus? USC, USC is, is not on campus. What, what Notice how Texas? they're not real relevant right now. Texas is on campus. Yes. See, these are my big schools when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and and it, here's the thing though too is you need to spend money. Mm-hmm. You need to actually put forth four, five, six million dollars now for a coach per year. That's quote unquote elite level. Manny Diaz makes $3 million per year. That is about the extent that Miami is going to pay any head coach. So if you want a top-tier head coach, Miami has made it abundantly clear over the last 20 years, 
that they're not going to pay that type of money to a head coach. I'm not saying it's right, but that's the reality. (laughs) Yep, exactly. It is their budget. And it, it is, this is the theme of today, living in reality. Because also, what was the reality in the 80s with Howard Stellenberger and Jimmy Johnson, where they could just cordon off a portion of the state of Florida and say, hey, awesome high school player, you're coming to Miami. Hey, you, awesome high school yeah. player, you're coming to Miami. That doesn't exist anymore. Because in 2021, you have every school in the country, especially in the East, that takes a private jet down to Florida, drives to Pahokee, drives to Belle Glade, drives to Pompano, and they say, you come to Alabama, you come to Tennessee, you come to Auburn. It's not the same anymore. And Miami can no longer compete with these other schools and, because they don't have the resources. And that's, that's unfortunate because Miami has the shortest travel distance. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that I don't think they should use that as an excuse to why they can't get local talent because, you know, it's in their backyard. It's literally I-95 North. Yep. And you're not yep. going that far south either. <laughs> exactly. And it's not an anomaly, though, not being able to get the best talent to stay home because Miami has been unable to get the best talent to stay home for decades now. And that's because college football has changed. These kids want to go to the places with the best facilities that are going to put them in the best position to succeed to get a sniff at the NFL. They want to go to a place where they are going to be taken care of. In Miami, they don't have the facilities. They don't have the on-campus feel. They don't have the ability to sell themselves like every other major FBS program does in the East and in the southeast, and they just don't. I guess it's the kids that are different these days because if you tell me Miami or Alabama, <laughs> yeah, I'm like uh, that. The, the the location sells itself, Miami. But you say the team is going to win. You say how soon am I going to play? Yeah. So that that is a my deciding factor instead of you know a big FBS, you know, I, I, still, yeah. I still think Miami's a big school, but their record hasn't shown the it. The record hasn't, hasn't shown it, hasn't and shown that's it. also the yeah. inherent problem yeah. with this with Miami is that they don't win. Like, they they, they, they don't I guess win. They have to invest in recruiting yep. more. They don't <laughs> win, and they don't invest financially the way that the most successful programs but do. I, but I think it's less gas cost for them because it's, it costs money to take a plane down here. It doesn't cost that much. Money's not a factor for Alabama, though. Like Nick Saban's gonna gonna uh, fuel up the plane. <laughs> Somebody's paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but, I mean, but do you think they need new energy that has a football background, or you think they need someone from the NFL to? That's the question. Is because NFL not, coaches are not historically good in college. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Nor are college coaches going to the NFL, But though we've seen a rash of them with Cliff Kingsbury and I suppose Matt Rule, if he could find a quarterback, it, uh, it would work out better for him. He's stable there with the Panthers. But Miami as a program, Miami as the five-time national champion, those days are long gone. I mean, yeah, Pierre, yeah, I'm I telling know. you, we sit here and we talk about this allure of Miami. 2001. It's the last time they won a national championship, and the last time they were a thing is probably 2005. I have a a, a Mal Union alumni as well. A couple of them that are very good coaches that brought their program up. Matt mm-hmm. Campbell from Iowa State. Yeah. Um, Jason Candle. These guys were on their coaches roster when I was at Mount Union, and they're doing pretty well. So you know that's a good football background. I tell you what, hey, <laughs> that Miami. might be the first time you heard it. Oh, Pierre Garcon, <laughs> Miami. He's got some guys. Okay, Matt Campbell, <laughs> Jason Candle, a lot of a lot of guys from Mount Union winning programs. 
has taken Division FBS programs to bowl games. So I think it is worth discussing, though, where Miami sits now in the pantheon of the best head coaching jobs in college football because we're assuming now, and I think that it's about almost a 100% certainty, maybe 99.8% that Manny Diaz is now going to get let go. The guy who hired him is gone. Manny (laughs) Manny Diaz, the writing is absolutely on the wall. But I keep hearing, we want Lane Kiffin. Let's go take Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss. Let's do it. Come on. Lane Kiffin is a notorious coach, a very popular coach around around college football. I mean, I know him personally Mm -hmm. with his time at FAU, and I will tell you, that Lane Kiffin loves Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin loves the fact that he plays Nick Saban every single year. There is not a single thing that Miami provides that Ole Miss doesn't have. Oh, but you Ooh. live in Mississippi. That doesn't matter. That's, and they have a strong tradition in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Like they, they don't play Mississippi State. Like mm-hmm. They love their team. And I think, you know, when you have a lot of support from the community, that helps your football yes. team. So I think that's where Miami might lack because they haven't had the support. They don't of have the support community. from the community, right? That I can understand. But, you know, yeah. Lane Kiffin, I would love to play for Lane Kiffin. Yeah. I played his brother was on our staff in San Francisco. So yeah, they're a football family that loves football. So I I can understand wanting to play for him. I mean, I've seen it. Lane Kiffin could take a lump of mashed potatoes and make it a serviceable college football quarterback. Like he just <laughs> he's just that good an offensive mind. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. oh, just g- give Lane Kiffin the bag. He'll come to Miami. Wait, why? Why? Because Ole Miss can can pay Lane more than than Miami, Miami does. Uh, Ole Miss has a better donor base than uh, Lane, Miami. Lane Kiffin likes South Florida. He has a home still in Boca. He <laughs> does. He does. South but also, Florida. Lane every off season can just come back to Boca and live in his home. And then guess what? He gets to play Nick Saban every year, which has always been a dream of his. He has this thing for beating Nick Saban. I understand he, that. He has the resources at Ole Miss. And guess what? If he wants to recruit Florida. Jumps on a plane and comes down here and takes Miami's kids and says, hey, come play for us. We're competitive in the SEC West. And Miami says, oh, well, we're usually middle of the pack in the ACC Coastal. There is nothing Miami has that Ole Miss doesn't. Would you, if you were Miami, would you make Lane Kiffin the highest paid coach in college football to have him? Yeah. Uh, The president's also going to have to sell his firstborn daughter (laughs) to do that. Miami does not have that money. They just don't. Small private school, Coral Gables, in 2021, it ain't working. It's not going to happen. Like Miami should absolutely make Lane Kiffin the highest-paid coach in college football, and uh, they can't. There's a, there's a reason Lane's going to stay at Ole Miss. And let's not forget, too, another job that Lane is connected to that I don't think he's going to take but is infinitely more desirable than Miami is LSU. That is a job. Lane would go to LSU a million times over still get to going play, to Miami. He's still get to play Nick Saban. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and think about it. Ed Orgeron got a $17 million buyout at LSU. Lane's going to go someplace where there's a big-time buyout as well. Miami isn't putting up a $17 million Miami's buyout. Miami's not competing. <laughs> I am not trying to bag on Miami, okay? I want Miami to succeed. I like Miami. Pierre, my home life is so much better when Miami is good because that means yes. my wife is happy. Yes. My wife yes. is miserable, and you know what? I blame Manny Diaz. <laughs> my my home life this South fall. South Florida's a better place when Miami yeah, is Yeah. <laughs> it has been up and down my home life ragged. I never know what I'm walking into when I step in the door because Manny Diaz has broken my wife, okay? So this is personal for me. <laughs> I need this to be done correctly. But Lane Kiffin is not 
coming to Miami. And it begs the question, where does Miami now currently sit in the pantheon of head coaching jobs in college football? Because I would argue that Miami is not even in the top 10 any longer. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Because of huddle, because of the accessibility to all of the tape that every high school football player puts out there now, mm. you no longer have to be geographically located where you want to recruit from. And so it doesn't matter that Miami is in South Florida. Because guess who else is in South Florida? Clemson. And yes. Kentucky yes. and Alabama and Louisville. Louisville just swooped right down here and took Lamar Jackson away. Like, if that can happen, then anybody can come down here. Miami's no longer competing against Florida State and Florida for Florida kids. Miami is competing against the entire ACC, the entire SEC, and the entire Big Ten, including Conference USA, including the AAC, for all of those Florida kids. Times have changed. And Miami hasn't adapted like Alabama did, like Auburn did, like Clemson did. Well, Miami has a lot of alumni that can, you know, throw some money at them. <laughs> you would think, and they sure do talk a lot. Miami, Miami alumni. The boys sure from do, the U, yeah. I know a lot of them. Off. <laughs> but don't worry, Pierre, because they announced yesterday there was going to be a former player roundtable that would be put out publicly with former Miami Hurricane players discussing what they can do or what can be done to improve the program you know what can be can be done to improve the program not round tables how about writing checks you think Deion sanders would take that job now that would be oh my god i actually kind of that's actually kind of hot and there would be canes fans that would be furious about that hey how about coming from jackson state to miami and Dion of all people oh pierre's getting weird with it i like that i really like that Miami is not as good a job as Alabama. There's one. Mm-hmm. Auburn, two. LSU, three. Ole Miss, four. Texas A&M, five. Clemson, six. I would argue that there is not a single SEC job that is lesser than Miami except for Vanderbilt. So there we go. Uh, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So there's 15 jobs that are already better than Miami. Uh, Ohio State, throw that in there. There's 16. Oregon, there's 17. That's why Mario Cristobal is not coming to Miami. I'm sorry. Like I want the Canes to succeed. I support Miami. But this delusion that you live in, where you still think Miami's a top 10 job, sorry, the resources aren't there, the money's not there, and the recruiting fence isn't there any longer. This ain't 1983. This is 2021. And sorry, you're not a college football school anymore. You're not a school that's going to compete anymore for the biggest college football names and it might have to be someone like you mentioned coming from Iowa State who goes down there and is brought in here's the problem with the Canes though too if that happens if they go get Matt Campbell okay you know how toxic Canes fans on social media are going to be it's going to be a disaster because Canes fans they're passionate are they large in number no Mm -mm. Are they passionate? Yes. Do things, when they don't go their way, do they become extremely toxic to players and to coaches? More than any other college football fan base. I live in it. I know it. I see it. <laughs> I follow it. Canes fans are flat-out toxic. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough sell for a Lane Kiffin to come from a place that loves him universally 
there in Mississippi mm. at Ole Miss to come down here where as soon as they lose one non-conference game, he's going to be called a bum. They're going to try and run him out. There's no patience because Canes fans live in the past and refuse to accept that there might need to be a complete overhaul top to bottom with that football program. When you say overhaul, that's the athletic director. Athletic starts with the athletic director. You got to get that so right. So do they hire an athletic director first or then the coach? Or <sighs> See, that's that tough. Work? And AD, like this is not a quick hire. So I don't know how necessarily this is going to work. Mm. This is why I still hold a 0.2% chance that Manny Diaz would be back next year because this is largely going to depend on when they hire the next athletic director. Mm. Um, it's really difficult because you need, you want your new AD to get his person. You don't want an interim hiring a college football coach because then you're going to have a new boss in a matter of months. So Miami's going to have to run a really expedited process here, which I'm presuming is why it happened mid-November as opposed to after the football season in January. But they got to get moving if they're going to make a change because you got to get that right. So you're exactly right, Pierre. From mm. top to bottom, that means AD first and then everything else underneath. But Canes fans need to be cognizant of the fact that it might take several years as opposed to just one year for the U to be back. Because Miami is not a top 10 college football program from a head coaching standpoint any longer. It's just not. You can call and try and convince me that Miami is still a top 10 college football coaching job. Give me the reasons. Give me the reasons. Let's discuss it. Is Miami still a top 10 head coaching job in college football? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Miami fans, I think they don't live in reality. They largely don't live in reality. They don't use common sense. They're still stuck in 1992. They're still stuck in 2001. Is Miami still a top 10 job? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. They're number 19 internationally in MBA Sport Management Programs. That, according to Sport Business, and uh, they are elite level. We're not talking uh, in the United States. We're talking internationally. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program is how you get a job in sports. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, he's the man. His professors, they are in the sports industry. They are teaching firsthand knowledge, and it's ultra convenient because you can take courses on campus in Boca or you can take them remotely. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. You want to get into sports? It's how you do it. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Is Miami a top 10 college football coaching job? I say unequivocally, no. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And hey, Miami, call Pierre. He knows some people, okay? <laughs> if you need a new head football coach, Pierre knows some people. I think they can do it. With a head coach and a fast quarterback... You can change the season around real quick. Man, Pierre is optimistic. <laughs> Miami just I want Miami to be man. good. Yeah. I want Miami to Just good. call the man, Miami. Life, life is better when Miami's good. <laughs> he is Pierre Garcelle, Christina Costanza. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Miami is not a top 10 college football coaching job. Accept it. You're not going to get the big time. 
You're not going to convince Elaine Kiffin to come to Miami. Want to know why? Because he's at a place that's better right now than Miami in every aspect. You're going to have to settle for someone maybe you don't really know much about because I think that's the best course of action for Miami. And again, Manny Diaz needs to get fired first. That still hasn't happened. Like James, gone, AD. So you'd assume that this is going to happen. Pierre Garcon. Yes, sir. Local legend. John I. <laughs> Leonard, Indianapolis Colts, Washington football team. And he joins me here on this Tuesday on ESPN 106.3. Christina Costanza. It is Ken LeVick alive. Let me ask you this. Before we get to tweets, because we have a bunch of them. When it came to you making the decision in free agency to go to Washington, and what I appreciate about Pierre is that he always talks about how, yeah, I, I appreciate Washington because they, um, they paid me. It's, it's a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, you certainly won a lot more in Indianapolis at the start of your career. Yes. So obviously you're happy with the, the bank account in Washington. How frustrating was it to never really come close to achieving the type of winning that you had in Indy? Still frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to win, especially when a team is paying you. That's what they're paying you for. Sure. So, but that just brings me to this. When we're talking about Miami, why would, why would a kid from South Florida want to come to Miami based on their body of work over the last 15 years over in Ole Miss with Elaine Kiffin, who's really revolutionized the game offensively? Or go to play for Nick Saban, where you might have to sit a year, but you're automatically a first-round draft pick. Like, why, why would Miami be a more attractive option? They haven't maximized a recruit in God knows how long. It's, you know, it's the guidance of the personal player. Some guys want to go to the NFL. Some guys want to just be on the team. Some guys want to stay close to home. Mm-hmm. Some guys want to go far away from home. So some guys just really do want to go down the street and be in a play in front of their coaches, high school, high school teammates, friends, and all that stuff. And then some guys like, hey, I'm going to get a fresh new start somewhere mm-hmm. else and figure it out. But it's up to the person. But there's a lot of kids in South Florida that can make your team better staying home. Sure. You've got to have kids that are willing to, to stick with it. The problem is, though, how many got, times have we seen over the last 10, 15 years, Miami really struggle, none of the players meet expectations, but then they go on and they're able to, to play in the NFL. Like That is such an indictment on Miami, its investment into football, its facilities, its investment into coaching staffs, because there's obvious talent that has gone there, and they have not been able to turn it into anything remotely national championship worthy or even ACC championship worthy. Like It's not like we're talking about they won a couple of ACC titles. They haven't come close. They, they have to build a family down there. That's what they have to do, where like the alumni come back and keep the guys on track. The coaches keep the guys on track throughout the week, throughout the, you know, mm-hmm. the season and the offseason because there's a lot of distractions. But to be in a great location on a, a team that has a great tradition, they're not good right now, but you know the history that they have, and performing there is still like performing at Alabama. Here's one of the problems, though, too, because it's been so long since Miami was actually nationally relevant from a winning standpoint. Miami's always going to be relevant because they're mm-hmm. just cool. Yeah. Miami's just yeah. cool, mm-hmm. and you know the brand, you know the logo. Mm-hmm. But there are so many kids now, seniors in high school, juniors in high school, they don't know who Ed Reed is. Yeah, I They agree. don't know who Ray Lewis is. They've never heard of Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. And so... Herein lies the problem as well. Miami isn't cool like that anymore. It's cool because it's Miami and they look cool, but they're no longer cool for their tradition because it's been so damn long. And that's working against the Canes as well. 
Because it's Clemson, it's Alabama, it's Auburn, uh, it is Texas A&M. They've all had recent success. Florida State holds more recruiting acumen as much as it hurts. Florida State holds more recruiting acumen than Miami does because at least it was in the lifetime of these kids that they won a national championship. I agree. I agree. The, they have to invest in recruiting. They, they're not spending money on the coaches. They have to spend it on the recruiting because those are the players that are going to bring you that national champion. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't think there's an SEC school other than Vanderbilt that is lesser <laughs> than Miami. So that automatically puts them out of the top 10 in terms of college football coaching jobs. Uh, and that's not even including USC, which is a better job than Miami. I don't think Washington's a better job than Miami. But again, Washington has had more recent success than Miami. Is Miami still a top 10 college football head coaching job? Because social media, some on social media this morning wanted to tell me yes. And I'm not buying it. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. I asked on Twitter this morning, Pierre, mm-hmm. Miami is a better college football gig than Ole Miss and LSU because blank. Here are some of the responses. Coach Clark, 76. It's not. <laughs> Cardi Krishnayer also says it's not. Now, uh, we also have a tweet from Lost in the Flood who says Miami's more attractive because you're going to make less money but no state income tax. That doesn't matter. With the gross amounts of money that are thrown around, state income tax just, it, it's not going it's not to matter. Not enough leverage. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not doing it. That, I guarantee you that's not what is pulling Lane Kiffin down to South Florida, okay? Uh, soccer coach tweets, you can live in Miami and not Mississippi or Louisiana. Again, sure, fine. But that's that's how, the only... <laughs> I mean, all of these coaches, though, they just come down to vacation for months on end of the offseason. Mm-hmm. And then they get to go back to their more undesirable location and win. And win football and Winning games. makes everything feel yes, better. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear how it's a better place to live because it hasn't mattered for 20 years. So why would it matter now? Tuscaloosa sucks. I'll say it. Tuscaloosa, Alabama is a pit. It's a hellhole. I've been there multiple times. Never lived there. But guess what? Kids want to go play there because Saban is God. And Saban gets results. Okay? Is Miami a top 10 college football coaching job? Because that job is about to be open. Should they take somebody from the Alabama staff? They probably may. They probably will end up doing that. That's, that's normal. Yeah, that's, that's normal. the progression of how everything goes. Yeah, you just pick... Whoever's next, the next coronated one mm-hmm. off of the uh, off of the staff. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You know, the more you say it, though, I don't. Like, that's not a bad idea. That Matt Campbell, Iowa State. He he's yeah. surprised me with Iowa State. If I you can like, win hey. in Ames, you think, and that dude's gonna hustle too. He's from Mount Union. He's a Mount Union guy. <laughs> He's from Mount Union. Mount Union approved. Pierre Garçon is giving his the endorsement. Runs deep. That's right. Who are we going to, Tina? Scott and Jupiter. Scott is in Jupiter to kick us off here on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Scott? Hey, Ken. Hey, Pierre. And hey, Tina. I don't want to forget that again. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> What's going on, Scott? Pierre, uh, big, big fan. I appreciate Listen, it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Much love. Um, Ken, I'm 56 years old. I grew up here in Palm Beach County. Uh-huh. I used to go to the old OB when the, the place would literally move 
when it was packed for Miami games. I just think that that era has passed. And unfortunately, not having a stadium or the atmosphere that you just spoke of, if I were a young man looking to start my college football career, I just don't see anything that would attract me to the U. Yeah, and it's okay. Like it, It's okay that Miami is not in that era anymore. But the problem is, Scott, is there is a wide swath of the fan base who still believes that that's just one good recruiting class away. And in college football, it doesn't work like that. It's things the, the Canes program is so different because the financial resources are so much greater at so many other schools. And I, I'm with you. I, it matters. It matters what's showing up on a Saturday-to-Saturday basis. And appreciate the call. And what I think ultimately is going to need to happen with Miami is that they're going to have to start cleaning up out of the transfer portal guys who went elsewhere Mm-hmm. who didn't hack it there or weren't seen playing time. Because Miami is not necessarily a first recruiting option any longer. But you know what would be appealing and how you offset the, oh, this isn't the college atmosphere I'm looking for. It's, hey, it didn't work out at your first location, so come here to a place that is a known entity, a known brand, and be part of building this thing back up. That's how Miami gets back to being anywhere close to former Miami. I think you'd be like, hey, you're a baller. You're mm-hmm. going to get on the field mm-hmm. <laughs> sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You want to be on the field in Miami. And Virginia, <laughs> when Virginia comes down, you're going to see a lot of empty seats. But guess what? When Florida State comes down, it's your time in the spotlight to go ball out. You're still going to have your opportunities. Every game is your time. Yeah. You yeah. can make it to the NFL from here. You can change your right. life from here. That would be my selling point to the kids. If hey. you're not going to win in the living room, win in the portal. There's nothing wrong with that if you're Miami. You just Fine. need ballers. You need ballers. <laughs> you exactly. need, they need to go back to their old strategy where they were recruiting speed. That's all they were recruiting. Just go get speed. And that's then, all they were recruiting. I mean, that's At how, one point, yeah. that's what it was. When, when Butch Davis was the head coach, he recruited speed to defense and then said, we'll figure out your position later. Like That's literally how they recruited defensively. And they had some of the best defenses in the history of college football. Go where back else, to that where else uh, are we going here, Tina? Steven in West Palm. Steven's in West Palm. Steven, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Steven? What's up, Ken? As a diehard Miami fan, I, I think the mainest problem, the biggest problem with the Hurricanes is not having a stadium. Uh, back in 06, I graduated from St. Lucius, and uh, I was recruited by SAU. I think it was Snellenberg, if I uh-huh. remember. But they were still playing at the um, Miami Dolphins Stadium. Oh, they were still yeah, yeah, yeah they so were a pro player. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I ended up going to Youngstown State in Ohio mm-hmm. because I was just like, you know, I wanted a stadium. And uh, I, pay, I played against Pierre Garçon, actually. He was just uh, two years older than me. But um, I just think if they do build a stadium, that's how they get there. Otherwise, I nowadays, with all the money being thrown around, I don't see them ever getting there again, unfortunately. Yeah, and, but it's, that's okay because what Miami, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, if Miami is a team that once every three or four years is in the ACC title game, that's okay. It's okay to have the revised Miami expectations and still respect the past. Now, Stephen, as you playing against Pierre Garçon, I want to give you what was the Youngstown State scouting report on Pierre Garçon when you played Mount Union? We didn't play Mount Union, actually. Uh, Mount Union, I believe, was D3 back in the day. Oh, Youngstown was. Uh, F- but they were, like, the best, though. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They were, like, top dog. They never lost. But we actually were playing, like, Old State, you know, like, um, South you, Dakota and stuff Oh, like so that. you were, like, so Youngstown was 1AA. They still are, right? Yeah, think, it was actually. 1AA. I don't think they have that anymore, but that's what it was back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, so now it's FCS. Appreciate the call, Steven. What, was, what would be the uh, scouting report uh, oh, for? Man. What was your main rival again at Mount Union? 
Oh, Wisconsin Whitewater. Oh, yeah, yeah, Wisconsin Whitewater. I so, would love to see the scouting report that they had on us because you wouldn't know what to attack. We had a guy named Nate Kamik, and he had like 2,000 yards in the playoffs. Really? <laughs> well, 1,000 yards in the playoffs. We had like five games in the playoffs, yeah. and he had 1,000 yards in the oh playoffs. So I was like, that was just the, the running back. <laughs> You're like, Pierre Garçon, <laughs> grab his jersey mid-route. <laughs> Don't let him go. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't let him go. Uh, what was your best season in Mount Union? Oh, like numbers-wise? Ah, oh, man. we I couldn't count anything because by halftime, we were literally. Everything was a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It was like, all right. Pierre's like, Pierre's like, hey, NFL scouts, just notice me, okay? Like, I've, got, I've got two quarters for you. So just take notes, okay? Yes, Please. Yes, appreciate yes. that. Uh, where else are we going, Tina? Kelly in Palm Beach Gardens. Kelly's in Palm Beach Gardens. What's up, Kelly? How's it going, fellas? Good, man. And Tina? Yes. So let, let's just play it this way. If you look at the stadium and the facilities, let, let's, just, let's just count. It's not better than Alabama, right? I mean, Georgia. name the SEC school. Name the SEC school yes. other than Vandy. So Alabama is one, Georgia two, Florida three, LSU four. South Carolina, then Kentucky. But but let's just go. Let's just play it safe and go. Southern Cal five, Notre Dame six, Ohio State seven, mm-hmm. Penn State eight, Texas Oklahoma nine ten because of the yeah. money that they have. And hell, let's and, just throw an Oregon for even, good measure. Yeah, we're not even in the yeah, Pac twelve. So yet. we're not even counting some of these mid tier, yeah. you know, big five schools, and they're already below ten. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would, and I've been I've been in that stadium an awful lot and seen their facilities. Uh, I think UCF. <laughs> Could be in the discussion. I mean, I, I really, truly do. It, it, they, they put more money and put and have better facilities than Miami does. And they have the great... Yeah, and Florida State. And Florida State. And that's the thing. And it hurts Canes fans to hear it, but Florida State has a much better body of work. And uh, there are actually kids in high school now who have seen Florida State at the top of the college football mountain. And, and appreciate the call, Kelly. Miami, it is okay to be the new Miami. We're occasionally... You're competing, oh! But it, I, it, it just—but that's—you've got to live in reality. And the, the, the thing is, you're going to drive yourself insane. You're going to stroke yourself out if you keep thinking that this is Butch Davis's Miami or this is Jimmy Johnson's Miami. It's not. But if you compete occasionally, if you're like the Kansas State equivalent of the Big Twelve uh, of the ACC that they are to the Big Twelve, you know what? Okay, if you're Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve. And you're that comparison to the ACC. That's okay. It's let's, okay. Let's say Miami gets Matt Campbell and they get a quarterback and they start winning. Do you think they'll pack Hard Rock Stadium? Yes, yes. Because we saw what happened with Ricked. Ricked had the one good season and that place was rocking because there was belief. <laughs> and the, that's, so that's why I don't think the stadium is like a recruiting disaster. But I think if you do, but you got to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you got to be competitive. That's and, the name of the game. And maybe the facility's not the recruiting disaster, but it doesn't help. It definitely it works it, against it, them. It doesn't help from what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help. I mean, it's, it's, but if you win. Oh, yeah. And that's what I love about South Florida is mm-hmm. that we, are, we can be an apathetic sports area, but as soon as this area develops trust in a team, it doesn't matter if it's pro or college, they're there. And they jump on board. I love the bandwagon nature of this because you know they're going to be there when the games matter. Miami got to go to Bell League, go to Glade Central, get some players. 
They got to yeah. go to Pompano Beach Let's League. Not get crazy, because I still need Willie Taggart to uh, <laughs> to bring some of those guys to FAU as well. Okay, so let's not get crazy here, Pierre. I'll, Why don't they... I'll tell Matt Campbell where to go to recruit the players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Matt, I'm going to text you. Okay, is Miami still a top ten college football program from a head coaching standpoint? I just I can't. I don't even know if it's top 20. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll keep taking your calls. Keep reading your tweets as well when we return. But I do want to tell you about the Boca Raton Bowl, December 18, 11 a.m., FAU Stadium. We're brunching and we're balling at FAU Stadium. Maybe we'll get Pierre out there to come drink some mimosas with us and then go watch some football. Last year, BYU against UCF. Zach Wilson rolled through the night's end. Uh, I think that was the game that got him number two overall to the Jets. Uh, but who's going to be in the Boca Raton Bowl this year? We'll find out. Roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. Go to uh, RoofclaimBocaRatonBowl.com. RoofclaimBocaRatonBowl.com for ticket information and information about the game. We'll return talking Miami. What is it from a program standpoint and from a head coaching standpoint? Where does it sit in the Pantheon of college football? Because all signs point to Manny going bye-bye. Pierre Garçon, Christina Costanza, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Pierre Garçon hanging out with us. Ken Levicka, Tina home team. She'll be back at three today, Christina Costanza. And Josh and Dean are both back. Maybe Josh. I don't really know. Definitely Dean. <laughs> Maybe Josh. Dean and I are there for the first hour. Oh, that is so funny. Hey, we're just, uh, it's just a roulette wheel of ESPN West Palm on our talent. Uh, Pierre is going to be back tomorrow, which yes. is uh, which is awesome. So it'll be me and Pierre again at noon tomorrow here on ESPN 106.3. Are you coming back tomorrow? Or are you? Uh, I'm here again tomorrow. Oh, what a treat. Uh, speaking of a treat, let me tell you about EDS air conditioning. EDS is, yes, Pierre knows it. Uh, it you know, it's nice. It's cool weather right now. Things are good. You're like, wow, I can wear a, a pullover or uh, uh, women like Tina are saying, a turtleneck. Oh, let's put on turtlenecks and boots. But Love it. it's going to get hot again. And it's going to get hot again in no time. And then you're like, oh, man, I got to flip the AC back on. And guess what happens? Sometimes the AC doesn't come back on. And then you're in some big trouble and you got to wait until uh, another cold streak where you don't know when that's coming. You got to put your cooling in your own hands and that's where eds comes in eds is yes eds air conditioning they've been doing it since 2006 they're family owned and operated throughout south florida eds air conditioning takes care of you because they when you call are working their appointment times around your schedule they're trying to accommodate you as opposed to the other way around which has been the case since the beginning of air conditioning repair time at eds air conditioning they're a trained comfort specialist it's hard to stop a train they are not coming out here with some second rate equipment Uh uh-uh they're going top-notch stuff so you don't have to make a call every year that your air conditioning is messed up and they're versatile because they take care of your plumbing needs as well that's eds Air conditioning. EDS is yes. Call them at 561 316 8799. That's 561 316 8799. EDS air conditioning. EDS is yes. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Miami, and it's because Blake James, the AD, is out. It's because we believe that Manny Diaz is the next one out. Mm-hmm. And Pierre brought up a, a good question uh, is, is he next, or are you hiring a new AD next? And I think common sense would dictate that yes. Yes, an AD needs to be hired before you 
uh, make a change at, at, at with your your football coach, uh, but Miami's got to get moving. Like this this AD process has got to get going. So if Canes fans think that tomorrow Manny's going, no, it's just not going to work like that. And you're putting yourself in a tough spot unless they already had AD candidates that they vetted and are ready to make a move sooner rather than later. Miami's in a tough spot right now time-wise because they need to expedite this AD search, get their new AD in there, get rid of Manny, and then get a head coach hired and try and do all this without torpedoing the recruiting season. It's torpedoing. It's been torpedoing, yeah, yeah. so I, I can just, it get any worse? I just don't know the timeline here because the early signing day is December 15th, and the clock is ticking. So Manny's either in or he's out. And I would hate to see Miami do something unfair, like have all of these kids commit early to Manny Diaz, and then they can Manny Diaz, and these kids end up coming here and uh, being committed to someone that they didn't actually say yes to. Does, does, does the NCAA have rules against that? They, I'm not sure. But I understand your point of view of, hey, we thought we were playing for Manny, and yeah. Coach Diaz is not here. And it's happened, it's happened before, oh, yeah. and it's a really ugly situation, and you don't want Miami to be the school that puts itself in that situation, but I don't know how they're going to navigate through this. I don't really know the game plan, and it's extremely tricky. Uh, and uh, so there's a lot left to be seen on how this is going to be handled, but one thing I do know And all of our discussion today, all of our discussion is based off of the incessant tweets I keep seeing from Kane's Twitter saying, go get Lane Kiffin, go get Lane Kiffin, go get Lane. Lane is not interested, okay? And I had someone tweet me uh, saying, Ken, why don't you just text him and ask him? First of all, (laughs) A, I'm not doing that, okay? And B... Like, could you imagine? He's getting ready. He's in the SEC West Division race right now, and he's getting a, a text from me. Like, hey, are you are you interested in Miami? Like, I'm not doing that. And B, I've got a success rate of about one in every 15 texts that I send him that he actually <laughs> responds to. All right, so uh, my my text will probably go unanswered, and also that's a good way for my number to get deleted by Lane <laughs> Kiffin as well. So not doing it. But Ole Miss. What Ole Miss has is superior to what Miami has in almost every respect. Oh, but Ole Miss, Mississippi's not fertile recruiting territory. Okay, you know what it is? Florida. And you know who can easily get to Florida and spends a ton of time in Florida? Lane. So it doesn't matter. Lane comes down here, says, hey, play in my revolutionary offense. And, oh, hey, you're, uh, you're, you're basically made of sticks and leaves. I can make you a great quarterback. Okay, I'm going to go play for you, Lane. I'll come up to Mississippi, and that's how the job is done. He doesn't need to have a U on his visor to come and poach Florida from a recruiting perspective. So just stop it with this, oh, Miami, give them the bag. Because you know what's going to happen? Miami's bag is going to be matched and exceeded by Ole Miss's bag. And then if LSU gets involved, Ole Miss's superior bag to Miami's is going to be matched and surpassed by LSU's bag. So let's not act like Miami can hang in there against those schools or even in Oregon. And it's going to be one hell of a sell for Mario Cristobal to come take over the Canes, even though it's his quote-unquote dream job. Because guess what? Oregon has a lot more money than Miami does. A lot more money. They're losing the bidding war. Yeah, and that doesn't help. The bidding war is absolutely part of it, as it should be. Coaches should get theirs. 
It's a weird business in college football because you're making money off of the backs of a bunch of student athletes. But you know what? That's the game. And if you want to win, you got to pay. And Miami can't pay. Their bag is going to be exceeded by someone else's bag. Someone uh, or something actually bothered me a little bit yesterday, Pierre. And we were mm-hmm. discussing this, Tina and I, because we were on the air at three, first hour of the home team. We both have a problem with the fact that it seems like Thanksgiving's being forgotten about. That we are going right to the holiday season. We're going right to Christmas trees. This Saturday, I was in Virginia. FAU mm-hmm. played at Old Dominion. So I'm calling that game. Before the, the kickoff, I FaceTime my wife. And the damn trees up in our living room. On November 13th. Uh, what happened to Thanksgiving? Like For me, I appreciate Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. It's its own standalone thing. And I always grew up being told that Thanksgiving was the start of mm-hmm. the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Not like the middle portion, the median of the holiday season. So I need to get, Tina and I are on the same page with this. Thanksgiving, you don't put anything up Christmas or holiday-wise until Thanksgiving comes. Where do you stand on this, Pierre Garcon? And I, I will be judging. <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. Um, I think the problem Thanksgiving has is that the date changes every year, and it's hard to keep up with. Mm. I agree. Well, third Thursday of November. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what Thursday we're in now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if the date always changes, it's not you know the same thing because we always look forward to December twenty fifth, December twenty fourth, October thirty first. Mm. You know things you know stay the same, but you're like, what <laughs> what day is Thanksgiving this year? <laughs> the twenty seventh. Oh no, it's the twenty fourth. Oh, man, whatever. It's it's on a Thursday. <laughs> so, and, then, and then you just literally blow right past it because you can forget about it. Ah, See, that's actually an interesting scenario. But I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I love Black Friday, too. <laughs> so I love all <laughs> like, it, It's an exciting time, but the date is never the same. What I think is happening, though, and, and this is my theory, is that big coffee has screwed it up. Because what happens when we get into a little bit of a nip in the air and it's pumpkin spice season? All of the coffee cups of all of the national chains start having holiday themes to them. And that is why people, big coffee has ruined the holiday season <laughs> and caused us to disrespect Thanksgiving. And it, by the way, our boss, Tina, what did she tell you yesterday about Thanksgiving? Well, she first said that we were like Grinches that, and that you should be better because you have kids. So- I have kids who can be patient and celebrate the holidays when it's time to celebrate them after Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. It's called discipline. What else did she say? And she said that Thanksgiving is just for eating. It's not a holiday. My God, no respect for her forefathers. <laughs> I am offended for her and for America. I can't believe she said that. Thanksgiving is a great holiday. I agree. It's a family holiday. Yeah, you come together. Apparently, Stephanie doesn't like family. Hmm, good to know. <laughs> After all these years working for her, now I know the truth has come out. Uh, Pierre is stuck with me tomorrow again. We'll have some fun. We'll, uh, we'll do some weirdness as always. Tina, she'll be back. The gang's back together tomorrow. Pierre, good stuff, my man. I'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Yes, sir. Pierre Garcon, Tina Costanza, she's back at three with at least Dean on the home team. I'm Ken Levicka. By the way, FAU Miami tonight, basketball in Boca Raton. Get out there, support the Owls. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye.